of tradition continues. World Championship Wrestling presents Wrestle War 92 War Game. A flip of the coin determines the balance of power in a cage where survival of the fittest is the only goal. Sting leads his squadron into battle against the maniacal forces of Paulie's dangerous alliance. <laughs> Paulie, be prepared to surrender! The dangerous alliance would rather die than surrender to you. One team will stand. One team will fall. In a match, fear the world over. Destroy or be destroyed at WrestleWar 92 War Games. Live Sunday, May 17th, only on pay-per-view. Welcome back to a special edition of Wrestling is Trash. Uh, this is a damn, I don't fuck. I fucked up my own intro. I don't even have an intro for this show. Uh, what was I? I'll give you. I'll I'll give you an introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, he is the random one. B Rob, the badass. I'll take it. (laughs) You take it all day long, B Rob. Are you give me one now? Coming from a land way over there on the (laughs) on the left side of the map. I was making myself laugh for a second. <laughs> a parts unknown. From parts unknown, Alabama. <laughs> the man, the myth, Jay Sandlin. And the crowd goes wild. Thank you, B Rob. Thank you. That was my, my crowd. I feel like sound like I got laryngitis and shit. <laughs> you mean you've got John Laryngitis stuck <gasps> in your throat? People power. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we really, we really like it, B Rob, but uh, uh, I think we're gonna have to go a different direction with the company because uh, I may have hired the wrong one-legged wrestler, but I know that I know how to be a dynamic dude. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. John Laurinaitis, everybody, the inventor of the cutter, or the freaking RKO, or the diamond cutter. No, he called it the ace cutter. Yeah, the ace crusher or the cutter. Ace ace crusher or cutter, whatever it was. Ace crusher. But I think he I think he picked that up in Japan. Well, I I looked into it because like for the wrestling show, I was thinking about incorporating a segment called the move of the um, move of the day or the move. Oh, I like that. I like that. So I did a little bit of research, and it was it started with him. And um, that's pretty much the origin they give for it, per Wikipedia, of course. Who knows how valid that is? But that's what I got from it. And then I also looked into the origin of the drop kick, and um, I think the fireman's carry as well. <laughs> now that's interesting. How far back does the drop kick go? I mean, did someone really have to invent that? Haven't human beings been drop kicking one another since like we learned to stand upright? Um, what I got is is a guy that brought it to the forefront that you know that like he was tagged with kind of in making the move and then there was another guy who got acclaimed for the move like he was the innovator of it he was the most well known for doing the move okay so yeah i think that um 
I, I've always been a fan of the patented Sting dropkick. You know, in Sting's heyday, he could throw a mean dropkick. But um, most people think of Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, as the yes. master of the dropkick. Yes, he, he had a damn fine dropkick. I, I, I do remember that. It was a damn fine dropkick. One wrestler whose dropkick gets slept on a lot, Scotty Riggs. Hmm. Do we remember Scotty Riggs in ECW and WCW? You know, he was yeah, on. Of, <clears throat> let me let me get let me get the music right. <clears throat> clap, clap. American males, American males, American males, American males. Oh, okay. <laughs> with with Buff Bagwell, and then he put on the eye patch when he was in Raven's Flock. Yeah, and then, that, that's why I remember from from the flock. Yeah, yeah. Because Raven did that drop toe hold into, into the, the steel chair, chair and, and he wore the eye patch, patch after yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember that because it was it wasn't even was the chair even set up. I thought it was like laid flat on the ground and he hit like his head on the leg or something like that. No, I think it was it was set up. That was a thing that Raven was doing yeah, um, was his, in the yeah. WCW days, kind of early on. I think they probably told him to stop. I, I don't know. That's just uh, innuendo. Yeah, but yeah, I, I liked Scotty Riggs, and after the flock broke up. He did like this Rick Rude, like a like a discount Dollar Tree Rick Rude type gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, but his drop kick, man, it was a mean drop kick. You should uh, YouTube that. Yeah. Oh, who else currently has a good AJ Styles has a damn good drop kick. Yeah. Finn Balor, of yeah. course, has a great drop kick. Um, also, can't really sleep on Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm trying to think about Becky. I'm probably yeah, uh, just I don't, I don't Be- think so. Becky not throw. She doesn't throw drop kicks. She, does she? she does like the single leg drop kick. She don't really use both feet. Single leg. Is she, does that mean? Are you telling me that she's single? Oh, I don't. She has a single eye right now after that punch. She. <laughs> well, I I don't care how many eyes she has. I only have eyes for her. I don't care if she's got blood all over her face. Yeah. It, it suits her. Yeah, I forgot who did it. I seen it on Twitter uh, not too long before we started recording. Somebody did a, um, a depiction of that uh, scene from uh, Raw to where she was standing in the crowd and she had the blood on her face. And it was a very fine picture. And uh, you can see that on my Twitter account. If you go and follow Wrestling Be Trash on Twitter. And um, just to speak about this, I mean, we, we we dove into the wrestling talk headlong. I fucked up my intro. I got a better intro. Then I fucked up the intro again. But um, here's a couple of production notes. You can follow Wrestling This Trash, as I just mentioned, on Twitter at Wrestling Be Trash. And you can also be a part of the show to where we can take your questions, your voicemails, your emails. And uh, you can do that by sending your emails to mail at wrestlingistrash.com. And you can send your voicemails to 304-825-5762. We done had uh nine episodes previous to this one that we're recording right now. And um usually we have whatever format that we have, we're not gonna really do that today. Um uh, we got a little something special. It's kinda in the beta phase. We're testing it out, seeing how it's gonna work out, and we're gonna do some uh some watch alongs or uh you know revised commentary if you will on uh, certain wrestling events uh jay brought it up to my attention and it sounded like a fun idea to me it's something that i wanted to do anyway and it was cool that somebody else had the same idea that i had and now we're coming together wonder twins activate and we're gonna follow suit (laughs) 
So wait a minute, B Rob. Did you just say that this is episode number ten? Exactly. So you brought me here for a perfect ten. Yes. See. Yes. 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 That's like a different guy, but it's still I still get the gist of. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, there will be no promo in the bank today for this episode. I know you um, y'all upset about that. Uh, Jay, I'm going to explain it to you in case you didn't hear about it from previous episodes. We have a thing here on the show called the promo in the bank at any time. Um, you can cash in on me and I have to do a 60 second promo on the topic of your choosing in the voice of your choosing as well. Oh, no, we're doing that. Oh, snap. But we didn't discuss a topic off air like we know. I don't care. Do. I don't care. We, we, it's going to be on the fly, man. We're going to call it in the ring. <laughs> Very well. Uh, shit. Now I got some uh, whole other shit I got to set up for. <laughs> yeah. You get ready, man. Just get ready. <laughs> All right. Let me let me prep my clock <laughs> just in case. Motherfuckers might be all sneaky on me and whatnot. But, uh, well, I think during today's watch along, we'll have some opportunities to cash in our promo on the bank because there are a lot of subjects on this watch along. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So uh, before we roll on into that, um, what's been going on with you? I mean, I, I, I've introduced you. you. You're the man, the myth, the legend, Jay Sandlin. You're an author. You're a podcaster. You're, you're a dad. You're a man. Uh, you're the... Um, what is it, the president or uh, what, what is your moniker for Shortlandia? Oh, I'm the chancellor. And thank you, B-Rob. Yeah, you can find me and follow me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at J. Sandlin Writer. We just finished our first leg of the Who Would Win Southern Tour mm-hmm. for 2018. We hit up the great cities of Nashville, Music City, and Huntsville, Alabama, at uh, Zany's Comedy Club and Stand Up Live, respectively. Both places treated us like stars, and we debated Captain America, defended by me, mm-hmm. versus Batman, defended by James Gabsey. And we did the debate again as an episode of the podcast. And you can find that episode and all of our other episodes it's at whowouldwinshow.com or follow us on Twitter and look for it on Twitter at whowouldwinshow. And uh, I, I'm really tired, B-Rob, of debating Captain America versus Batman. I feel like I've gone through it more than like John Cena versus Randy Orton in 2009. <laughs> but um, usually, uh, you know, I've had you on um, the Random Rounds with Rob and, you know, I was just getting to know you, you know, um, at the time you was self-publishing a book and um, there's been so many changes with you from that time that you were on that show up until now when we're talking again. And yeah, just, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it's so that much. That feels like 10 years ago now. Which I actually think it was two, maybe. A, li- a little less than that, actually. Two, yeah. Two, a little Within yeah. the last two years. Yeah. Year and a half, two years. I remember you prepping the book. You uh, put out the book. And then um, from what I understand, you got picked up by a company to redo the book or something. 
Well, uh, no, not a company. I mean, I did self-publish a book and then I took it away because I learned a bit more about books. We should talk about that more sometime in long form Mm -hmm. uh, for readers who might be interested or listeners who might be readers interested in the book business. Uh, But now I'm working on uh, two comic books series and uh, also wrote another science fiction novel that uh, the agent that signed me, she's got that now and it's in the editing phases. So I don't have a lot of news about it now but uh the next time we talk i have a feeling that i will sweet and see and that's what i love for progression evolution not the pay-per-view or the the group but you know people you know starting at one point ending at another point in a better place that's what you're doing man that's what you're doing well thank you b rob and, and you know what but no matter what i've done i've loved wrestling though since i was 10 years old and that was why when we got on here tonight you were you're just like oh uh, what, what are we talking are we doing wrestling I'm like you're like damn straight we're doing wrestling give me a <laughs> hell yeah you got a wrestling podcast and you think i'm not going to want to talk wrestling with you exactly exactly um, what w- one note before we actually move on again what like a alluded to earlier um i know you you got a patreon for your show the who would win podcast and yeah yeah who would win show on patreon um now our patrons we try to go above and beyond for because they get bonus shows they get the uh the pre-game show kind of like wwe has the pre-game show Mm -hmm. ours is called before math uh they also get variant episode artwork because uh, we put out artwork every week and it's always several drafts. So only the patrons get to see, you know, all the options A, B, C, D, E that we go through every week to try to pick. You um, get our private Discord chats where you get uh, more inside info, pictures, and uh, just more access to us to talk. Um, you can get merchandise, voicemails from us. Uh, we're adding more to the Patreon, the patrons all the time on Patreon. And I think we're going to have a lot more new stuff uh, coming up soon. So uh, keep an eye on that. Yeah, it's, it's a worthwhile cause. Um, and that's why I brought it up. And... Um, how was it meeting your co-host for the very first time? Well, you know, you're going to have to wait and see yourself because we recorded that. We recorded the shows. We've got audio. Uh, we're trying to decide the best way to use them. Um, so we'll talk more about that later. But meeting James, um, it was in a coffee shop in Nashville. I walk in and I knew he was already inside because he had text. And I'm looking kind of left to right. I'm like, where, where is he? And he was in the bathroom. <laughs> so I had to wait a really long time. Uh, I'm, you can draw your own conclusions. Mm-hmm. But um, I had I went upstairs. I was waiting upstairs at a table. And then he walks up and he just reaches out and gives me a hug, you know. And I realized, damn, I only come up like to just below this guy's tit. <laughs> this is a huge. This dude is huge. He was not messing around. He was not messing around. Exactly. Because like for for the what the year and a half almost two years that I've you know interacted with him on social media I've only seen him from the neck up and that's his profile picture <laughs> but to see the actual picture of all y'all standing together that is he reminded me of Lou Ferrigno in that picture I was like what the fuck is is that him <laughs> I could see that I could see that he's uh you know he may not be uh, a Lou but he's more than halfway Lou yeah <laughs> and that's saying a lot. Yeah, he's a big motherfucker. 
I, I got to say, you know, James in person and James in any other medium is still James. And we had a great time. Um, it was great for the shows. I can't wait till we're going to get through the holidays and then we're going to check out some more um, live shows and more, you know, options, new things going on. Uh, we're just, you know, like you said, forward momentum. I hope we get over to Houston and get to have you at a show. I'm, I'm waiting on you. I'm, I'm, I'm already here. <laughs> well, the audience plays a huge role in the shows. Um, the audience at our live shows decides the outcome. Uh, you know, on the real, on on who would win the podcast. You know, recorded, edited. We have the moderator, Crystal, mm-hmm. or a guest. You've been the moderator before too. Uh-huh. And we have the the moderator choose based on the arguments. We decided that the audience would choose, and I gotta say, it didn't go in my favor this time. Um, if you've heard the show, uh, we we already talked about it. They all chose Batman. Yeah. Uh, both live shows, I was defeated. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm on a bigger losing streak than Kurt Hawkins, man. Oh, I don't I don't think it's that big. <laughs> You're right. It's it was only three compared to three million. So I guess I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, you. you but even Crystal on the latest ep- I think it was the latest episode or the one right before the last. You can go to whowouldwinshow.com if you want to hear the the podcast version of the Captain America versus Batman debates. Um, I don't mean to spoil it, but yeah, it didn't didn't go my way either. Who had the longest uh, losing streak? Was it Bear Horowitz or is it currently Kurt, Kurt Hawkins? Oh, gosh. I mean, it depends. Do you mean like a number of matches? Because I don't know who counts. I think Unbroken, it would have to be Hawkins. Isn't it over like 200 matches? Yeah. But as far as number of years, uh, I don't know. Wouldn't the Brooklyn Brawler have that? Yeah, I don't know. That is, yeah, that's another viable. Question. We need to look this up and get back to people. Yeah, but uh, let's let's get into our experiment. Um, All right, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. So, uh, give people the details on what we're doing today. Um, you picked um, the. Setting. I did pick it. Yes. yes. All right. So, fire up your WWE network if you got it. We recommend you listen along. Turn your volume down to mute. If you want to go to the search bar, uh, you can search greatest matches ever. War Games 1992, or just type Wrestle War 1992, and the first choice that pops up is going to be that greatest matches ever, War Games 1992, May of uh, May 16th of 1992, Sting Squadron takes on the Dangerous Alliance in an unforgettable War Games match. So we're going to watch along with this match. It's just about half an hour. Uh, turn your volume off, and Rob and I will provide our uh, two cents. Um, if you've got it pulled up, I think we'll uh, maybe give a, a three, two, one countdown. Yes, um, I got mine pulled up. All right. And you want to do the honors, or should I? Uh, just uh, if you're listening right now, I'm waiting for your ads to pop up, and uh, go ahead and everything. All right. If all those are through, we're gonna go three, two, one. I can hear your volume, B. Rob, turn that down. I, I am. I'm turning it down. And now, who is this motherfucker in the tuxedo? That's not Eric Bischoff. It's not. <laughs> and that girl behind him has got like an American Ultimate Warrior makeup going on. I, I guess she's supposed to be like Sting, Great American Bash, uh, 1989 when he won the title. Maybe. 
from Flair. I, I was pretty sure he was rocking the America face paint and the rat tail in that match. See, th- this is how wrestling memory works for me. I see some things and then I'll be like, oh, I remember that. And I start putting it back together in my mind. You are the historian here. You the motherfucker that already know the shit. Give me details and all kinds of I am actually. Yeah. Do you know I just finished my master's in uh, history? I know that. That's why I brought it up. Oh, Oh, and we got a steel cage. Now, we may have bought these uh, sides from Home Depot on sale and told Klondike Bill to duct tape them together. But by God, we have got ourselves a cage and it's lowering down. It's going slower. Well, folks, it's going slower than Barry Darso trying to get to the ring for a WrestleMania without the ring cart moving him. And look at this. And this is a double ring double cage is like war games oh oh it, it got stopped coming down i don't know what has stopped the ring we're just going to cut away from that folks this is just kind of a uh you know an example of how wcw ran and now we're going to give you some really long and uh detailed rules what what are these rules here rob we got uh seven periods in war games the first period is five minutes and all other periods are two minutes oh and it wiped away on me i can't read fast <laughs> Sounds a lot like my wife's periods. Oh, wait, there's more. There's more. There's a lot of rules. If you motherfuckers this are watching this. very show, complicated. Yeah. It's, After the second two-on-one period ends, other teams sends the second man making war games two-on-two. Yeah, pretty much is, um, it'll start off in a one-on-one, and then um, they'll volley back and forth between the teams, sending a person in every two minutes or something like that. Now, now B-Rob, do you know whose idea war games was? I don't know. That's what I was about to ask you. Is this the first one? No, I don't think it's the first one because it goes back. But if correct me if I'm wrong, I want to make sure I'm right. I believe War Games was invented by, if I'm not mistaken, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, uh, that's Dusty, right. Dusty Rhodes. I got the worst Dusty Rhodes impression, baby. <laughs> now, now, now we got the seven rules. Seven, we, there are seven rules that we want the kids to read, baby. Cody, Cody sitting at home. He's watching this on TV in in, in Alabama, and he's gonna read all eight, nine, ten of these rules. And everybody getting drunk. I think everybody at home is sitting back eating their pork and beans and beer and reading these war game rules <laughs> and and debating them. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even here right now. I'm just listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first War Games match was at the Omni in Atlanta during uh, the 87 NWA Great American Bash Tour. Oh. They called it uh, the Match Beyond. It had these double cages. You know what I always noticed about the cages, B-Rob? What? Those, the roof was so damn low. Oh, yeah, because I, could, <laughs> I could, yeah, because I remember somebody doing um, a military press and it was just banging the motherfucker on top of the cage and shit. It was uh, Sid Vicious gave like the worst power bomb. I think it was to Brian Pillman one year. At, like he couldn't pull him up, you know, hardly over his head for the power bomb. Oh, oh and here's Missy Hyatt, and she trips coming yeah. out. She will sue Eric Bischoff in a few years for trying to fondle her in front of his wife and kids. But right now, she's re- leading out the man, Rick Rude, Steve Austin, Larry Zabisco. Arn Anderson and uh, Paulie, Paulie dangerously with the cell phone. And is that beautiful Bobby Eaton at the end? I I believe so. Beautiful Bobby from Huntsville, Alabama. 
just a few, about 45 minutes down the road from me. Have you uh, visited his uh, shrine and everything? I know y'all got some statues up of him down that way. Yes, but I have to leave after the dumpsters behind McDonald's get too smelly. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So those are our heels for the match. And now we got the Sting Squadron. Yeah. Ooh, now Sting decked out in the neon green tights with the Sergeant Pepper jacket. And what's that title That's belt? Denim. Oh, okay. Denim. Hello. Oh, we got a Ricky the Dragon steamboat with a busted nose, look like. No, he just finished his latest nose surgery trying to reduce his, um, I guess, dragon DNA. Okay. That uh, Vince McMahon tried to, you know, turn him into a dragon when he went to the WWF that time. Yeah. Might have burned his nose trying to blow the flames and shit. Exactly. So he had to get his nose done. Um, had to get that on a payment plan because just a few years later, he's going to get a divorce and his wife will take everything, including the man's name. Yeah. Is that Dustin Rhodes right there? <laughs> they say he's the natural. <sighs> Dustin. Dustin Rhodes. Before he was gold dust. Way before. Way before he was Goldust. All right, I got a funny uh, trivia thing about Sting's ring attire in this match, the neon green tights and face paints. Mm -hmm. That was the alternate Sting costume in my favorite WCW video game, uh, WCW NWO Revenge for the N64. Oh, man. That was a Did you ever play that? <laughs> Did I? Man, <laughs> that was like <sighs> I, behind those games. I think I like I was playing them in. Um, leaving out of middle school, going into high school. I, I definitely remember, I forget which one it was, but we used to skip school to go home and play the shit. <laughs> oh, you did? Oh, yeah. And who we got in the ring first? Oh, shit. Beating him up. You know, I, I misspoke. Bobby Eaton's actually on the Dangerous Alliance team. Um, they've got uh, on Sting's team, it was Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, Ricky Steamboat, and Nikita Koloff. Yeah, right now we got a uh, Steve Austin and who's this? Is that? Uh, and I'm I'm way wrong as well. That wasn't even Missy Hyatt. That was Medusa. Medusa. She must have gotten some work done because I almost didn't recognize her in '92. Now she's a beautiful woman. Don't get me wrong; she's gorgeous. I I was just I don't know why I had Missy Hyatt on the brain, but it says that was Medusa when I checked this on Wikipedia. Now, now but, that that, that, that let, let's talk about that for a little bit. Give you a little bit of uh, flashback into the young mind. Of a young man, B Rob. I seen uh, what is uh, Alundra Blaze, uh, freaking mm -hmm. goddamn Medusa, or whatever you called her. And I thought, I, I knew her as Medusa first. And I thought they called her Medusa because she used to do the, um, the freaking uh, German su suplex with the bridge. And I thought they called the move uh, the Medusa. So I would play Streets of Rage on Sega Genesis. Mm -hmm. And they had the one female character that would do the freaking backdrop on there. And I was like, oh, she did the Medusa. <laughs> oh, okay. That is, a, that is a good bit of trivia. Yeah, the Medusa. Uh, you know, she won the Cruiserweight title before the end of this decade. Whoa, snap. Yeah. Check out those earrings she's got. I deal with those earrings every day at the immigration office. <laughs> I'm dead ass, man. All right, so here we got in the ring, it's Barry Windham taking on stunning Steve Austin. Look at that gorgeous blonde hair on the man who would be Stone Cold. You know, just going back and looking at all these old matches and everything, it's just like weird to see him with hair. 
especially when he was doing those uh, early uh, ECW promos and everything when he got released from WCW. And uh, looking at his uh, trunks, which look like advertisements for some fruity pebbles. Yeah. Some. It, it looks like he's got fruity pebbles on his trunks and he's got Austin on the back. I thought it said Dustin for a minute, but it, that's definitely Austin. And uh, Barry uh, Wyndham from behind looking like Hulk Hogan was, right now in those yellow about, tights. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. It's just like um, it's a type because, I mean, look at uh, Dustin out there on side of the ring, too. He got the yellow tights and the blonde hair as well. Yeah, well, he he's he's and then Arn's down there looking at the, the front row like he's glaring at somebody like. Who took my beer? That's my spot. Oh, that's a nice uh, crossbody clothesline from one ring to another. By from one Steve ring Austin. to another. That that was a big deal back then. That's uh, probably you're seeing some of the strain that Austin put on his knees, uh, you know, Whoa. in later years that cost him both legs just about. What's that? He just <laughs> tried to do a again. Again. Yeah. That that roof like he's going to go for a jump off the you know, the second rope and he can't even do it or he's going to hit his head on this roof. So he just kind of grabs it and kicks at him. <laughs> Wyndham, Wyndham's almost like, really? <laughs> I, believe I like Wyndham's, uh, you know, Wyndham's uh, cowboy boots that he always wore to the ring. Yeah. He gave those to uh, a young wrestler who debuted wearing the, not, not the same boots, but he wore the um, Wyndham's boots when he debuted in NXT a guy that went by the name of Husky Harris. Uh, yeah. Who we now know as Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. I can I, can you do a Bray Wyatt impression? I can't. I, that's a really tough one. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't I don't want to even attempt it. I mean, I have so much uh esteem for the gentleman that I don't want to go ahead and mess it up with my mediocre impersonation. Do you have esteem for him? I like him a lot. He, and plus, he's messing around with JoJo, so I got to give him big props for that. <laughs> well, all right. So now the clock is going, and they've got a full minute left. So these guys, this was oh, and Steve is already busted open. He's already showing color, you know. And we're only in the first of these periods. That you know, your period's rough when you've got that much blood in the first one. I knew it was going there. You made the joke earlier. <laughs> oh, he biting him on the forehead, man. Ah, man. Didn't they have like a big uh, thing in wrestling in a while? Not a while, but like way back to where it was passing around Hep C and shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. You you can't uh, you can't fake that hepatitis. Mm-mm. But you got the uh, <laughs> I, I borrowed that line from uh, the the, uh, the show I really enjoy uh, watching. I got a shout out to uh, Conrad Thompson in Huntsville, Alabama, as well. And uh, he's got his wrestling podcast. He's got three of them. Have you checked any of those out? No, I haven't. What happens? What happened when with Tony Schiavone? Eighty three weeks with Eric Bischoff and something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard. Yeah, I heard heard all of them, but I never actually listened to any of them. Rick Rude is in there. Oh, Rick. You see, that was the thing on the first coin toss. You know, they would toss the coin and I'm trying to remember what. Yeah. The heel would always get to come in because it would be two on one after that. 
Yeah. I mean, that's probably like in, from a booking standpoint, probably be the way to go to, you know, to get the baby face on fire when they finally get a, somebody in there to help him or whatnot. But I'm looking at that coin toss and he did not even look at that damn coin. He did that shit too fast. No, that was Pee Wee Randy Anderson, who a lot of people have, you know, love for because he was with WCW for so many years. Um, I got to say, though, he was probably my least favorite ref. Do you want to know why? Yes, I would. He got he's not going to do it in this match because he's outside the ring. But watch other matches and you'll see that Randy Anderson, I think he really wanted to be a wrestler. He got way too into the action. You knew he was there too much. And that's the problem. A good referee. You don't even know he's there. Exactly. So Randy would drop like he would when a wrestler would run the ropes. He would, you know, accidentally be in his path and then drop to his stomach flat on the ring and the wrestler would have to like hop over him like it was a a jump. Yeah. And it's like, why don't you just, I don't know, move out of the damn way (laughs) and let them wrestle the match. But uh, one thing, Randy Anderson was for whatever reason, when drunk fans would like rush the ring, Randy would be in the ring and he'd straight up choke those people out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the rule, man. You don't touch the performance (laughs) referee or talent. Otherwise, now, Rick Rude, I'm just noticing here as he grabs Wyndham in a chokehold, he's got a big, like, Egyptian eye on his butt. Yeah. I mean, Rick, you know, Rick Rude's Rude tights. Had, yeah, he always they, has some innovative tights, man. I, I wonder what the meaning was behind this. Yeah, because he always had, because kind of like what the Velveteen Dream is doing right now, his tights are always themed for the occasion and shit. Do you, do you think Velveteen Dream is the future, B-Rob? I mean, that's whatever a lot of high profile um, individuals are saying, John Cena and a couple other people. I hear him saying it. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm not. I'm not the jury's still out for me. I mean, I, I wish him the best. I hope he uh, rises to those heights. Yeah. But I mean, we I, I dig the character. I dig it, you know, here at NXT and, you know, I'm invested in it and I would enjoy it if it came up to the main roster. But Whoa, what was that? That was a barrel roll by Stone Cold. And now Ricky, Ricky's like, oh, crap. This, now Ricky's doing the grab on the top a little bit. You know, you try your best to hold on, but you, you, he's having to lower his head. He, yeah. He's <laughs> like, okay, just fall down and let's give a really messy head scissors takeover. And I'm just going to punch you. But from this angle, it looks like, you know, Rude's giving Steamboat a blowjob. Yeah, it, it looked like that in um, hindsight when he was holding him up and everything, trying not to bust his head on top of the cage. Oh, we're getting to the end of this period. We got four guys in the ring now. We got Austin, Wyndham, Steamboat, and Rude. Man, Rick Rude taken way too early, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, man. I mean, he's one of my favorite performers. Oh, yeah. Bar none. I mean, he could talk. I mean, he had the physique. I mean, he was real aggressive in the ring. Goddamn, him and freaking Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, was like my favorite, too, at the time. Well, calling out, uh, you know, shouting out for uh, Conrad and his show, uh, something to wrestle with. I just listened to one of their episodes from the archive. It was uh, about Kurt Henning, about Mr. Perfect and his career. Um, I I recommend that one. I listened to it on YouTube. I know they've got it on their website, but um, that one had a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And I will say I loved watching him wrestle. I would have hated being in any, any kind of workplace environment with him. Because of all the pranks that he pulled. Oh, so we got a vicious DDT by Arn Anderson and his signature spine, spine buster. buster. 
Oh, now you're going for the Boston Crab. The Boston Crab, which we call the Walls of Jericho in WWE. Oh, wait a minute. Now Rude's going to join in, and they're going to give him a double Boston Crab. He's tapping. He's tapping, but hey, this is is the war games. I don't think you can tap out the war games. I don't think so. I don't know. Did you read that in like the book they gave us at the beginning of the match? (laughs) I Because I I missed all that. It was just like you told me to go over the rules and I was like, oh, shit, it's over. (laughs) Yeah. And back then, you know, think about it. Like back then, you couldn't pause the live TV in 1992. And for this purposes, we can't really pause it either because it'll mess up the sink. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With the millions and millions watching along home with us. Yes, but now we're getting into uh, most of the most everybody's in the ring. It looks like the the faces and the heels have all kind of partnered Ooh, off. Pile oh, driver, the Paul Arndorf pile, pile driver. We don't see that anymore. Yeah, good reason. Well, we don't see that on WWE TV. Yeah, we should say that. Well, what what other wrestling do you watch these days besides WWE? Oh shit! That was a, a heavy toss right there. He tossed them from one ring all one, the way to- one ring to the other. They like doing that because they're like, "Hey, we got two rings. We might as well use them." Yeah, um, I'm watching a little bit of everything. I, I used to watch TNA, which is now Impact back in the day, but um, I fell out of love with that. But um, I need to revisit it because former guest uh, Kiara Hogan is there wrestling now, and also um, the current I think uh, X Division champion is a, a wrestler that goes by the name of Brian Cage, who is also a former guest of my show. So I'm only really tuning in because of those people, you know, now working for that company. And I've heard it's turned around is making um quite an impact lately, pun intended. Well, speaking of impacts, Dustin Rhodes, the natural, he's in the ring and he just knocked yes. Steve Austin's head on the top of that cage roof. <laughs> uh, yeah, doing an atomic drop, inverted. <laughs> And if we look now, you can see Barry Windham and, uh, you know, Dustin in the same shot, almost looking like identical twins. Yeah, they both got the and, cowboy boots and, on, blonde hair and yellow tights. Did, they even were wearing cowboy boots. I mean, they're, they're different colors, but they look like they're the same boots. Were these guys in a tag team at this point? Maybe. I mean, that would be the only reason I could think of for them dressing alike. You know, we didn't research this ahead of time because we just decided about one minute before that we were going to watch this. <laughs> exactly. So, um <laughs> We might have oh, to get it. They must have been. Arn has his. He ha- Wyndham has Arn's head in between both rings and just kind of slamming him up and down. <laughs> and Arn's kind of selling it there with his legs. Oh, he's shaking. It. Okay, I'm okay. That really didn't hurt. To just you know. <laughs> Visually, it, it reminds me of um, those old cartoons where the bully would take the um, guy by the feet and shake him and get all his change out. <laughs> Yeah, that is exactly well. And you know that Arn uh, probably had a lot of change because he actually saved his money, you know, unlike his best buddy, Flair, during these days. Yeah. And he probably only had like maybe one or two wives. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Oh, man. Did you see the wedding photos of Ric Flair most recently? Well, I did, but now wasn't it the commitment ceremony? Because he's like, I'm not getting married again. Well, I, I guess, but still, it is. Um, just imagine current day Ric Flair, not you know old school styling profile and right. current day Ric Flair and uh, my lady, similar to you know in between our age, maybe or maybe even a little older. And um, oh, Medusa's climbing the cage. 
That now she looks like Medusa in heels. I might add. No, no, she's she's oh, barefoot. No, she, no, she took them off. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. Dropping some fo- type of weapon or something in there. Look at her walking on top of that cage all those years before oh, mankind Sting's and the Undertaker me. did it. Sting's and look how look how it's given away. <laughs> Just she must weigh like you know 115 pounds, and that it's it's imploding under. <laughs> those guys don't need to get up there. Sting, Sting, don't do it, man. Don't do it. All right. So, all right, you said, all right, this was 92. And when you said the first one was? The first War Games was in 87. Okay, so from 87 to 92, they didn't think of modifying this, <laughs> any the structure at all? They never modified it because, uh, I, I mean, they may have had different cages. I don't know if they modified the height, but even up to the the War Games to end them all, the worst of all, 98 war games where they had the three teams it was nwo black and white versus wolfpack versus wcw in a match where the warrior showed up um and they had the trap door in the middle of the ring for him to deduce like some kind of tomfoolery smoke and mirrors disappearance um which davy boy smith bumped on not knowing it was pure steel and gave him an injury that well accumulated with other injuries and nearly ruined his his life actually ended up ending his life later um yeah that was the i think that and then the warrior did maybe three moves in the entire war games match including uh kicking off you know kicking off part of the cage to escape it to run after hogan and injured himself three times doing it with each move. <laughs> like each time he moved, it was an injury. Yeah, damn. Oh, we got Sting in here. Oh, oh man. Doing the you know the kids are popping. That's one. Oh, smacking him up against it. See, Sting's kind of using it to his advantage. He's yeah. like, okay, I can gorilla press him and smack him up against it. That at least makes some sense. They got the microphone cables and everything running across the top of the cage. So the yeah the uh the war games match just it didn't make any sense without the horsemen like this was for the four horsemen it was their oh, type of match oh, that was nasty that was nasty <laughs> and there's a there that's the closest we'll get to sting versus stone cold Ooh man arn is busted open yeah that's, that's maybe nasty. white was a bad choice to wear during your period arn uh, milk was a bad choice <laughs> <laughs> very bad choice Oh, raking him across the Arn looked like he's really rubbing his head across that cage. Yeah. Hey, he he's opening that cut. He's letting it f- free flow a little bit. Oh, man, fuck all that. Yeah, I, I I mean, goodness, I I wouldn't do that. Um, who is still that, that that's why I just watch and talk about it. Um, these guys are man, this had to hurt the next morning. Exactly. I mean, it regardless of how ooh, that was a nice shoulder tackle there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Austin is bumping all over. Now, of course, Dustin and Austin had a lot of series of matches for the United States title. Yeah. Around this time period. Oh, now they're shaking Rude's money out. Yep, there he is. They both are. They got the wishbone going on. <laughs> give, give us your money, Rude. We know that you got some from Vince McMahon. And I'm not going to work for him until 2014. Oh, is it the last one? No, I think uh, Zabisco is out there. And this is uh, this is Eaton. Is this Eaton? 
this is this is Eaton. I've lost track of whose team he's on. I believe he was on the Dangerous Alliance. Dang! Yeah, look at look at we're we're reacting to uh, Dustin Rhodes and all that blood he's showing. There's more red on his face than yellow on his trunks. God dang! Mm. These these were some manly men, dog. They they weren't afraid to um, get busted open the hard way. Manly men in colorful underwear. Oh, and Ricky, man, I love Ricky Steamboat. Oh, there goes Zabisco. Zabisco rocking the dad bod. Always. <laughs> now, I mean, it's 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 very strange for me. I know that Zabisco is known for being a grappler, a shooter, but it's just strange to me to see Zabisco wrestle because I think of him as the announcer. Yeah, yeah, the commentator. Uh, on Nitro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never seen, really seen him wrestle. It's like watching a dog walk on its hind legs. Like if this is not natural. <laughs> yeah, I never really seen too many matches of his or whatever. I always known him as the commentator. Well, he did get. I don't know if this was his last match, but he got to come out and wrestle Scott Hall at Starcade '97. Yeah, I, I, I remember that. I mean, I, I don't mean to be rude, but well, I don't mean to be rude, but just to shoot from the hip, he was well past his prime. You know, his body. He looked a lot better here, and well, that's saying a lot. And Scott Hall, who's in the prime of his career for the most part in 97, you know, maybe just one or two years past it, had to kind of had to put him over, if I recall correctly. Yeah. He did, because they wrestled at Starcade 97 with the stipulation that the winner would get Nitro, like the rights to Nitro. It would go to NWO or it was going to go to WCW. Who's that guy right there? Nikita Koloff, what the, f- the the fake Russian. Yeah, <laughs> from bringing back your your extensive wrestling knowledge and everything, baby. This is the the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, can you tell me how many wrestlers were not originally from the origin as build? <laughs> I would have to say, Kobe Dusty. Kingston is one. Let me do this. Um, <laughs> let's see. Are you are you cashing in your promo here? I mean, are, is this what we're gonna do? Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this as uh, pa- Paulie's ringside. Can can I do it as Paul Heyman? Go ahead, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> allow me to guide you through the history of this fine business of Paul Heyman guys some of which were not as legitimate as they might suggest. (laughs) But for the most part, the ultimate warrior did not come from parts unknown, just as mankind did not come from a boiler room. The Undertaker is from Death Valley, but Kane is not from the bowels of hell. He just vacations there. My name is Paul Hanks. Amen. And I am the advocate for lying, foreclosures, and promissory notes. Thank you for joining me in this 99-second promo of false origins of great wrestlers. <laughs> you needed a little more bass on it, but I, I, I think you had the cadence and everything. That yeah, so does, so does Paul Heyman. So, I mean, <laughs> he's got... He, he does. He's got some bass, but he gets up in his upper register when he gets excited, you know. Oh, there go the turnbuckle. They don't pull the top rope off. Yeah, you know it's getting hardcore when they're taking the ring apart. Now, what what are you doing, Eden? You're putting the ring back together? Are you Klondike Bill? 
I like how they're keeping the camera focused on him as he tries to repair the ring. Okay, now you cut away. Um, you know, Nikita Koloff's uh, been a preacher for many years now. What? Yeah, and he he doesn't pretend to be Russian anymore. And he's trying to jump off the second rope because <laughs> the top rope is gone. You can't. Yeah. Well, you can't jump off the top rope. Uh, was this was this the Bill Watts era or was this the Jim Hurd era? Yeah. That, Whoever yeah, it was. That, yeah. That was that one said time you, to where you couldn't come off the top rope. Yeah. Well, you can't in this match anyway. Yeah. I mean, physically. <laughs> Put Rey Mysterio in this match and he's he's like, what do I what do I do? What do I do? God. Man, this is some bloody shit, man. <laughs> this is very bloody. But Koloff, you know, was one of the great bad guys of the 80s. And let me ask you a question, B-Rob. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that if you've and been I around long enough, people are just going to cheer you anyway? Yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, um, in current day instances, I, I can think of R-Truth, um, Jerry Lawler, goddamn, who else? Um, pretty much anybody that comes back for the most part that people <laughs> can remember. <laughs> right. Because the reason I ask is because we had SmackDown uh, just this last week. Yeah. And Daniel Bryan, you know, turned heel and won the title off AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. And I, I only got the news like after the fact. Yeah. But I'm reading Daniel Bryan wins the title and I'm like, wow, that's very surprising, exciting. That's great, neat. But then I read that he turned heel to do it. Yeah, and I'm just like, well, not that I'm, you know, knocking it, but I'm wondering, will the crowd really even boo Daniel Bryan after all he's been through? Yeah, and that's a yeah another circumstance because this is like, look at the that fact in the case of Roman Reigns when he does come back. You know, he get booed out of the building every time he's on freaking camera. And um, now he come out with his uh, leukemia diagnosis and, um, oh, Sting and them getting their hand raised. I think it's over. Wait, how, how did they win? I don't I, know. We were, we were totally talking. just talking. <laughs> and, then, and then Kenny Powers over there is raising his hand. I know. Um, Heyman's in the ring. Hey, Heyman didn't see how it ended either. Man, Heyman was skinny back then, wasn't he? Yeah. Still got the big head, though. He's got the, you know, the mullet going on, but it's not turned into the ECW ponytail. He's still got... Maybe three years before that, three to four years. I, honestly, I don't know what happened, man. It's like everybody is confused. They're all confused. They're all arguing. How Zabisco's like, I don't know how it happened. I'm just wanting to go play golf. Well, Zabisco, um, he picked up the uh, the turnbuckle um rod, and he was going to hit uh one of the other guys, and they moved out the way, and he hit his partner, and then and Bobby Eaton's sitting over here saying, "Guys, I was just trying to fix the ring all night." And uh, and now these guys are walking off. We, I might have to go back and watch this again with with the with the words because yeah. with the mute with the mute button, I have no. I'm sure the announcers, like the competent ones, you know, not us, are explaining how this ended. But I have no idea. Yeah, because it looked and, like it was just sudden. <laughs> and now the the heels are just really arguing because they they still don't seem to understand. I mean, yeah, they're blaming Zabisco because it, it was his fault pretty much from what I saw. I I think it was Bobby Eaton for forgetting he was a wrestler and trying to work on the ring crew and whatever cameraman was assigned to video the match spent however long videoing him trying to put together the yeah, ring. Here we go. Look, check it out. Just the replay. <laughs> okay. So he's got the turnbuckle here. He's thinking about it for a minute. 
He's about to Is you know wind up. Yeah. Here's the sway. Oh, and because it took him a full minute to wind up, Sting got out of the way, unsurprisingly. And hits Zabisco, and is he gonna? What's he gonna do? Zabisco falls with all the grace of a sofa, and then uh, looks like a submission here. Sting's got him in the like the arm bar. Mm-hmm. It's not even like a fancy arm bar; it's just like a very standard rest hold. Is he gonna? Does he tap to this? Look like it. And that's- no, it, it didn't even show him tap. And now we're and now we faded to black. And <laughs> that's it. Did did he tap? I think he did. I mean, I saw way more of like Bobby Eaton trying to put together the ring than I did uh, that the end of the ending of that match. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to look up here. Let me read. See, let me see. I'm trying to read the the results of what happened. Blah blah blah. Hey, you you still have to do a promo, by the way. I, I have to cash in on you. I had to cash in on you too. <laughs> you did. I I did the Paul Heyman promo, didn't I? No, you, you chose to do that. I didn't officially. Uh, <laughs> I was just yeah, like, okay, do okay. what you want. <laughs> All right. So Zabisco, <clears throat> Zabisco accidentally hit Bobby Eaton in the shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the part of the turnbuckle. It says this left Eaton open to an arm bar submission hold from Sting to win. You, you, we just had to kind of know that because we didn't see Eaton tapping out and Sting. Did Sting ever, did anybody ever win a match with an arm bar like that? Um, not, not that I could recall. Uh, I mean, I know it kind of makes sense from a story perspective since that was the he, shoulder yeah, the that he, just he got, got hit, hit with. But at least do like a Fujiwara arm bar, like a like a Becky Lynch disarmer kind of thing, uh, something like that. But well, hey man, uh, this was back in the times to where you know they didn't have so many moves. <laughs> what are you talking about? What, what you talking about, B Rob? They didn't have so many moves in 1992. You tell you tell Ricky the Dragon Steamboat that he just doesn't have that many moves and what let him slap the taste out of your mouth. Um, the rest of that card, if anybody wants to go back and watch, they had uh, Diamond Dallas Page defeating Bob Cook and Firebreaker Chip. I, that sounds more like a stripper than a wrestler. Mm-hmm. The Freebirds defeated Terry Taylor and Greg Valentine. Johnny B. Bad oh, yeah. defeated Tracy Smothers. Hey, Scotty Flamingo defeated Marcus, Marcus Alexander, Alexander Bagwell. Bagwell. <laughs> Raven versus Buff. Mm-hmm. Ron Simmons defeated Mr. Hughes. The Super Invader defeated Todd Champion. Big Josh defeated Ricky Morton. Brian Pillman defeated Tom Zink. Shout out Tom Zink. Mm-hmm. And the Steiner Brothers defeated... Um, some Japanese wrestlers whose names, let's see, Tatsumi was, Fujinami and Tatayuki Izuka. I think at the time they uh, might have been the IWGP heavyweight champions or junior heavyweight champions. Okay, okay. So what did you think of that match, B-Rob? I don't know, man. It was just like a culture shock. Because <laughs> like, I, I don't really remember ever watching the match before, but I do remember seeing the, um, just scrolling through the network, seeing the cover art for that specific pay-per-view and, you know and you know honestly just us sitting here right here kind of glancing at it or whatever this is my first time actually watching it in full and man how much has professional wrestling changed golly it's just like i don't know it's just they all seemed awkward i know they're all you know individually you know their own unique talent and you know they have these levels of uh performances or whatever but 
just this whole thing just seemed clunky, awkward. You know, it's too many people in one portion of the ring at one time. You couldn't really move around without stepping on anybody. You know, most recently when they did the um, NXT war games out here in Houston, Texas, I was live for that. Um, they had three teams in there and it didn't seem as congested as uh, this did. I think it might have had something to do with, you know, how low the cage was, because, I mean, these are some tall ass men that's in there trying to move around and do everything. And then you kind of bring that ceiling down over them or whatever is this. I don't know. It's just awkward. It was very awkward. I don't think the camera work was that great. Yeah, because, I mean, there was there was jostled around inside there with them as well. And then they were outside of the ring and you get the, the freaking cage grates and everything. So you couldn't really get a good picture. And you got Medusa. Man, Medusa was gorgeous. Yes. She was gorgeous. But she gets up there. I was I don't know this happened a long time ago, but, man, I was worried she was going to break through that ceiling, fall through that. It was not. That's that it did not look like it could support her. Um, so do you know this uh, this event? Um, wait a minute. Let me see. I'm looking for the pay-per-view results here. Uh, WCW Wrestle War 92, May 17th. Um, Six thousand people attended in wow. Jacksonville, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, but only five thousand paid. <laughs> they made a, a seventy two thousand dollar live gate. Hmm. That's, that's like chump change compared to today. Well, compare, uh, even back then, it was not a lot. I think this was a pretty down year for the business. Um, however, the next uh, pay-per-view in June was Beach Blast in uh, Mobile, Alabama, uh-huh. my home state. You know what that gate made? The pay-per-view after this? $5.52. Pretty close. $28,000. Ooh, that's, ooh, that's a bump. So a drop from seventy two thousand to twenty eight thousand dollars, and then the uh, the Great American Bash was the next month, and it rebounded a little bit, but down to forty. It was still forty four thousand dollars. So this was when uh, this was the year that Ric Flair was away in the WWF. Yeah, because was that run wasn't too long, was it? Because I can it was remember, it was one year. Yeah, because I can remember within that time if. My memory serves me correctly. Um, he got into the feud with uh, Macho Man over Elizabeth and shit. They had to, um, I remember it because they had the Photoshop pictures that were going around. Oh, yes, yes. And, you know, and I vaguely remember those pictures, but they look damn good to me or whatever. But, um, you know, I haven't been back and revisited them because, like, I, you know, just looking at the stuff, you know, from my memory with the current technology that we had at the time that actually aired. It looked damn good, but I know if I was to go back today with the, you know, fucking 4K TV and, you know, my tablet or something and looked at this footage, it probably looked like shit. Exactly. Because <laughs> because what I, what I remember from the pictures was this is like, I don't think they actually photoshopped it. It might have been they just took two sets of pictures with both wrestlers and they just said one set was fake. I'm sure somebody knows the answer. I don't know the answer, but whatever they did, it was better produced yeah. than the War Games 92 match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> totally agree. Okay. Wow. Wow. That was that. So um, hopefully you enjoyed um, the pilot edition of uh, Wrestling is Trash with uh, our watch along. And um, 
Like, we got to do this again. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, I, I want to do it again because this is something that I've been wanting to do. I wanted to do this with movies. I wanted to do this with a whole bunch of shit. I just want to have what, what was that Mystery Science Theater 2000 or some shit. Exactly. Yeah, I just want to sit here and talk shit about stuff. Which, well, are you are, w- w- okay? So, what is your cash in promo deal again? Now, tell me how that goes so I can cash in on you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Then you wouldn't know how to cash in on me. Well, you said that you have to. Ju- I, I can yeah. cash in, well, and yeah. you just have to talk about a like a a subject. Yeah. Well, uh, traditionally, how it would go before we would record proper, we would discuss what um each topic would be beforehand. So, like, oh, would, okay. Yeah. So. You know, now I would know and whenever you would cash in, I would have to do 60 seconds on the topic that you gave me to riff on. And then we just most recently added within um, the past three episodes that, you know, you do it in the key of whatever character you want the person to do it in. It doesn't have to be tailored to professional wrestling. It can be anybody. Well, I will. Then maybe we will plan that next time. But um that that war games match we just watched it was what right at 32 minutes yeah and then yeah i'm just reading more about the review that zabisco was blamed he dropped the ball and the alliance did break up after that oh. tragic wah, 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 wah. Mm. well I, I mean this was fun I, I i would like to do more of these um if you uh have a couple minutes we can just go through and um, probably scroll through and maybe pick our next candidate or maybe we can even turn it over to, you know, whatever few listeners we have, maybe get some recommendations. I think we should do a poll mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to give you what maybe we could ask people for suggestions and use the suggestions to make the poll. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a few ideas, though. I would like to do a watch along of. I'm into I'm into vintage kind of stuff. Like I like things like this that are just very quaint by our standards today. Yeah. So I'd really like to watch the um, the WWF. I believe it was Saturday Night Main Event where the Genius gets a DQ win over Hulk Hogan. Uh, I'd also like to watch the first episode of Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. And the episode of Monday Night Raw where uh, Ric Flair. Um, when he's decided to go back to WCW, he loses a loser leaves town match with Mr. Perfect. And that's one I don't think I've actually watched in long form. Um, so we would need to pick it. And then the two of us like watch it ahead of time. So yeah. we know more of what we're going to talk about instead of riffing like we were here <laughs> yeah. today. Even though that was, that was kind of fun, too, yeah, yeah, though, because yeah. they just got our reactions. Yeah, because I mean, um, we had an episode to where one of the listeners submitted a a reaction of uh, what Kaiju Big Battle was. You ever heard of that? Uh, no. Well, yeah. It's, um, I'm not going to tell you what it is. I mean, you can go back and listen to the episode and get our reactions. And I challenge you to do some homework and uh, look it up on YouTube. <laughs> All right. I'll do my homework. You do your homework and uh, check out our Captain America versus Batman podcast that we just posted recently. We posted that Um the week of Thanksgiving on a Monday. So you, everybody could have it for their holidays to hear me. Uh, that was, uh, that was the 19th. Um, so just, a, it's only been a few days now, 
but you could hear me uh, debate Captain America versus James with Batman with moderator Crystal Storm for the third time. And uh, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at jsandlinwriter. And uh, one kind of announcement, it's not a big deal, but we're working on launching uh, jsandlinwriter.com where I can repost, you know, guest appearances on your show, episodes of our podcast, and anything else I'm doing. Uh, Books I've got coming out. I'm going to have two comic books coming out over the next, gosh, it's going to be over the next six to 12 months. And um, I I got other books I'm working on. I can't wait to talk to you more about it when I can. First show. Well, on half of my, I said on half of myself, on behalf of myself and my guest, Jay Sandlin, uh, we bid you a fond adieu. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.